0: Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from The Message. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing and how you can get involved, check out our website, message.org.uk. Good morning, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. And we will continue to Acts chapter 27. Hallelujah! (laughs) We're almost there. Just one more chapter to finish the book of Acts. But we need to be very honest, this end part of Acts is really hard. We know that the journey of Paul until the day that he arrived in Rome is a really hard journey. And I I would like to start telling you a story about myself, uh, uh, a moving uh, that was really hard for me. Uh, My family and I, we lived in Algarve. I don't know if you know Portugal and the beautiful beaches of the, the south of Portugal. And we lived there for a few years, and God called uh, call us to move to the north. And uh, as living abroad, away from our families, we, we, don't have, we d- didn't have anyone close to help us with the moving. Uh, my wife, uh, we have a, a little baby at that time. And we remember that we thought, what we will do to, to do this moving? We'll be seven hours away from here. There's so many things to do. So little hands to help. And uh, in a conversation with my family, my mother in Brazil, my, my family decided, my father and mother decide to come to help us. So they travel all over from Brazil to Portugal. And they came not for the, a holiday, not for a, a good season, but they came to help us in the movie. And it was a very hard movie. We, when we opened the, the wardrobes and began to put everything in boxes, we discovered that we have so many things. And it was really hard. It was really painful. Uh, I saw my, my mom carrying with me some uh, furniture, mattress. It was a really hard time. But when I look back to that experience, I not only remember the hard part of the moving, but with a, a, a joyful heart, I, I could remember... Uh, the disposition of my father, my mother, being there with me, helping uh, very heavy stuff, being there, helping me and comfort me, saying, oh, we will do this. We will get to the end of it. You will will be able to finish this moving. and don't worry, we will be here to help you. And I remember about the the situation, not of what was the moving, or what was the hard part of the moving, but with a, a really sweet memory of my family being there comforting helping being present there and when we look to this text in Acts 27 we see a lot of trouble we see a huge storm that uh, we see that Paul sails for Rome and there's a lot of uh, Difficults, a lot, a lot of struggles in this travel, a lot of struggles in this voyage to home. And when we saw what Luke's doing here in this text, it's really amazing because it's not only Luke's telling us what happened and what was the, the difficulty in, the, in this voyage, but God is in this story uh, doing amazing stuff behind it. So there's a, a, a lot of lessons that we can learn about God's character. We can see that Luke is somehow evangelizing through this text, showing that what is the God that we believe, what he do, how he work. And we can see here in in this story a little bit of God's character. So I would like to help you and I in this journey to have uh, walking in this text and remind ourselves about the qualities of our God, the distinctiveness of our God. Because when Luke wrote his, uh, the book of Acts, certainly he has the intention to show that the Jesus that we believe, the God that we believe, the God that moves through the Holy Spirit is a, a God completely different from the God that was in the past in the idea of the, a Jewish God that was uh, retained in the temple or the idea of a God that is a kind of an idol. That is a very common idea for the Romans. So who is Jesus and how Jesus works? How our God works and how we could perceive his presence in our lives. And the first part that I would like to read with you, please jump with me in Acts uh, chapter 27. And from verse 9, here the the, the sail already started. They are having uh, the beginning of a hard time in the sea. And in verse 9, uh, the story tells like that. Much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the day of atonement. So Paul warned then, man, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owners of the ship. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they waked the anchors and sailed along the shore to Crete before a very long uh, wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. So, this moment here shows uh, a very interesting uh, interaction where, in the middle of the journey, in the middle of the, the trip, Paul stands and warns. The centurion, the leader, the one that was leading the people, leading Paul to Rome. And in this journey, we can see that one of the amazing characteristics of our God is our God is a present God. I don't know if you know it, but sometimes we have an idea that our God is uh, only available to those who ask for it. Only available to those who uh, search for him. But in this text we show and we can perceive that Luke's telling us that very far from the temple in Jerusalem, very far from other kind of religious circles, God is there in the ship. God is there with them in the boat. God is there guiding, giving advice. And like us in life, we never, uh, we sometimes are never... Pay attention to these small details, small tips that God is doing, small guidance that the Lord is showing us. I don't know you, but when I look back in my life, I know that for many times I, I take decision and I listen to ungodly advice. I have a, an idea that, wow, this would be good. And even uh, knowing that sometimes, or with a, a weird feeling in my heart, with no peace in my heart, I, I thought that would be a good way, a good decision. And I don't know if you take bad decisions and only later you perceive that, but in the beginning you you think, oh, this should look like a, a good idea. It's not too bad. We can do it. We have a, an expectation, but an expectation that doesn't come from our confidence, our prayer life, our intimacy with God. And in the middle of this journey, we see that the Lord, since the beginning, provides guidance since the beginning God spoke but what the centurion and the other man did when God spoke they ignore and we very easily do the same in our lives we ignore the voice of the Lord it's a gentle voice it's a calm voice we barely hear if you won't pay attention to it and even our God being present with us so close with us we so easily don't understand or even perceive that God is there I don't know you, but from time to time, I walk as a, a blind guy. I am deaf to, to what God is doing or what God's speaking. Only later, my eyes and my ears open and, oh Lord, since the beginning, you were there, guiding, showing the way. And I was very ignorant. I was very uh, stumbled in this situation. But we need to go back in our lives. We need to have a sensible heart and learn in this story. Because in the beginning of this story, Luke present us that God is not the God that will appear when the things go wrong. Or when we really will need the God that we believe will show and say, here I am to save you. But this is our Lord that is with us since the beginning of the journey. Gently walking with us and saying, this is the best way. This is what you should do. This is the way that I, I prepare for you. But to be honest, for many times, I lost, I lost the trail. For many times, I didn't hear. For many times, I didn't see. For many times, I ignored the voice of the Lord. This happened with you in some season in your life when we look back after a few moments and you perceive, yeah, you talked to the Lord. You spoke, you say, and I never paid attention at the right time. But in this text, we learn that Jesus and his spirit is not uh, away from us or only available in case of need. But he's there very close with us. I don't know if you perceive in your journey that God is much more closer to you than you imagine. He walks with you. He takes care of your soul. He's the shepherd of our souls. And he's there to bless us, to guide us. He's there to gently show us the way. But we need to have this uh, intimacy, this openness, this sensible heart to listen your sweet voice. I prefer to hear the voice of the Lord in these moments in, in this calm moments, in the beginning of the journeys. Now, after a lot of uh, loss, uh, after a lot of sufferings, I prefer to hear the voice of the Lord in the beginning of the journeys. Then in the end of it, when I was uh, broken, Oh Lord, why you, you didn't sit before in the Lord? son, let's be honest, you heard my voice. You know that I was there, but you won't pay attention that time. Me and I need to understand that. Our God is not the God of the temples. Our God is not the God that is only show up when he is requested. But Jesus walks with us. He's the God that is with us. He's Emmanuel, like the Bible says. So this is the first characteristic that Luke, Luke evidenced for us here in this text. That in all over the journey, even in this suffering, even in the middle of the storm and after that the shipwreck, God is there, always presence, always available, always guiding, always providing guidance for those who look for it. So you and I need to cultivate that. When we saw the other side of this experience, the centurion, instead of listening to the voice of the Lord, the gentle voice of the Lord through the mouth of Paul, he preferred to listen to the ungodly advice. We do the same so easily. He preferred to cop the crowd instead to listen to the voice of the Lord. He followed the majority. The majority decided it would be good to sail and, and the majority decided. But the majority was wrong and the Lord was right. Or we easily count on circumstance. We see, for example, in the beginning of verse 13, when they saw a gentle wind, they said, this is our time. This is our opportunity. Now that they are open, let's run for it. But they ignore the voice of the Lord. There's a lot of stories in the Bible that looks like good opportunities, but in the end, is disastrous. You remember the wife uh, of Lot. Do You remember uh, the story of so many men and women that in the beginning, it looks really well in their eyes, but in the end, was very dramatic. The second part that we learn in this text and Luke is telling these stories and showing us part of God's character is a God that never gives up on us. It's really amazing that the beginning, the Lord through the mouth of Paul given advice, provide guidance and we could say, yes, the Lord try it but the people has a, a hard heart and okay, there's no way, let they perish. But in the middle of the chaos, the text when we read in verse 18, if you are with your Bible, please follow with me. Paul starts to say uh, what is happening in the middle of the storm. And says like that. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor star appeared for many days, and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. These words are not only the words of the others, uh, unbelievers that was in the ship, but these words include the words of Paul. He say, we lost, we gave up all hope of being saved. He started the trip a little bit uh, concerned about what's going on. He is in the boat and he's with the, the guys going there to Rome. The storm came, the, the, the things are going really bad. And in this moment, even Paul lost, gave up all hope of being saved. But in the middle of this very hard moment, very dramatic moment in the trip, uh, Paul shared what God does in the middle of that. And it's really amazing when we, we jump to verse 20 and say says like that. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the sheep will be destroyed. Last night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who say with you. So keep up your courage, man, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of a season where even Paul gave up all hope of being saved in the middle of that, they are lost, but who appear again in the middle of the storm, and not only in the beginning, with a gentle voice giving advice, but now the Lord appears to Paul and send an angel to comfort him I, I could imagine uh, Paul in the middle of the storm, the boat shaking a lot, uh, the, 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 the despair in his heart, praying in one of the corners of the ship. And in one of these very hard moments and, and a lot of people struggling, uh, a lot of pain, a lot of, of, of anxious about what's going on. And who appeared in the middle of that? An angel of the Lord come to, to Paul and say, hello, I'm here with you. So it's really amazing because God could say, I told you, I told you to not do it. But instead of came and point fingers, what the Lord does with Paul and with the rest of the people on that boat. The Lord came to show his goodness. The Lord came to say, I didn't give up on you. I'm here to show you that you pass through it. That is is grace, that is mercy, that you will pass through it. So you and I, in several moments in our journey, we look back in our lives. I don't know you, but I follow exactly the same pattern. I listen a gentle voice that I ignore. I continue to do what I'm willing to do because I I follow God's advice. I cop the crowd. I, I count on circumstances. And when I was in the middle of the storm because I decided to be in the middle of the storm by myself, who appeared there with mercy, with grace, So again, show and comfort and give guidance. The Lord. And the Lord faithfully appeared to show the way that we should proceed. It's really amazing to see that we have a God that is not with us when the things are going well. I don't know you, but it's really easy to be friends when we are called to a barbecue, to a party, to celebrate in a pub in the end of the day and have free beers. It's, it's really cool. It's really easy to be friends and, and hang out on these situations. But the real challenge of our friendship and the people that really care about us is when the things are going really bad. In this moving that I, I moved to the north of Portugal, I, I could count in one hand the people that really uh, opened their agendas, their lives their, My father and my mother sacrificially came. They paid for part of my moving. They helped with their time, with their resources. And in the end, was so powerful. Their help, without uh, their assistance, I couldn't do that. And when we look back to what God does in our lives, We will see that for several reasons. We don't deserve God's help because we decided uh, to ignore his voice several times before. But even though in the middle of that, who we will find there near us saying, here I am to help you here. I am to comfort you here. I am to support you here. I am to help you move through the situation and get to the other side. We will see the Lord. The Lord that is a faithful Lord, that is the shepherd of our souls. He will be there. He is there all the time. Not, all, not always we can perceive it. Not always we are open to see his presence. But when we cultivate this habit to look to him, expect for him, you will perceive that you will never be alone, even in the worst days of your life. He is there faithfully serving you blessing you he is the one that walks with his people and in the middle of the storm very far from the land very far from the temple where is God in this story God's there with Paul God's there with those in that hard situation and God is there with you and I when we pass through their hardships He's not only the God of blessings. He's not only the God of the services. He's not only the God of Sundays. He's not only the God that uh, is pleased when we are doing good stuff or inviting him to our parts and good parts of our lives. But he is our God. When we say, Lord, we need you more than ever. We need your assistance. We need your help. No one could help. And the Lord will say, here I am to provide you help. Here I am to show you that I'm faithful, that I never gave up on you, that I never turned my back against you. So the Lord is the one that continually shows up and says, I'm here. I'm here to help you. I'm here to guide you. I'm here to show you the way. And the last part that we learn about the character of God in this story is, the, is that the Lord is very gracious and merciful. Uh, we, when we hear this story, it's, it's very natural. If it was our, uh, our hope to judge this story, we would say, let them perish, because they uh, ignored the voice of the Lord the beginning. So let this story be got a sad story of a people that is rebellious. And we, with a, a, a sense of a a justice, would say, and the Lord make justice. And that people, that unbelieved died. Amen. But when we saw this story, <laughs> <amen>. <laughs> but when we saw this story, when we saw how God was merciful, not only with Paul, we could say in the end of the story, if only Paul survived, it would be a great story anyway. Paul would say, and everybody dies, but I am alive. And we would applaud and say, how God is great. But God was so grace, graceful, God was so merciful that not only Paul was saved but all the 276 people on that boat. It was really amazing. The story was changed somehow and God in, in, in the story tells that God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. God graciously gave. God acts in mercy. That story could be a very disastrous story, a very dramatic story where where a lot of people would die. But instead of it, it's a story of mercy, where God acted not only to save who believe it, but also those that not believe it, but become a believer later on. The story continues, and in the end, in verse 42, when the shipwreck is is happening, and now it's time to to leave the, the ship, And the story tells like that in verse 42. The soldier planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and keep them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. A soldier on that time, if, if a soldier lost one of the prisoners in the Roman law, uh, a guard, a soldier was responsible. It's a life for a life. So if you lost the life of this prisoner, you should pay with your life. It's why in Acts chapter 16, we see the story of that guy that guard in the prison, uh, trying to kill himself because he saw that the, the doors of the prison was open. And now the only way that he would pay his debt with the Roman Empire was with, with his life. But in that moment here, when the guys are, are thinking, we should take care of our lives and let's kill all the prisoners. Do it to the situation, do it to what happened with Paul, do it to the testimony of Paul and the presence of Paul and the presence of the Lord in the middle of all the situations. The story ends graciously. Not only God acts in grace, not only God is merciful, but the merciful and the grace of the Lord now become a a influence in the life of those who experience that. How amazing is to see soldiers be merciful. How is amazing to see in the end of this story uh, soldiers that uh, could kill all the prisoners now releasing and hoping and believing that they would uh, be there and not escaping. And in the end of this story is a story of how wonderful everybody was saved even in the middle of so much lost, even in the middle of so many destruction. So to finalize here, I would like to Uh, invite you to think a little bit about your life how the grace of God shaped your life when I look back in my failures in my sins in my journey when so many times I ignore the voice of the Lord what remains still today and makes the man that I am today the Christian that I am today is the grace of the Lord Because when I look back, I I not see only the failures. I not see only my stubbornness. I not only see the hard parts of the journey. I not only see the storm or the shipwreck. But when we look forward and when we remember these stories, what comes to our mind is how great is the grace of the Lord. How great was his mercy. And still today, the story of these men, the story of the 276 uh, people that were saved, certainly they listened to the gospel in a very different way. <laughs> not, not someone preaching aloud to open a Bible or a scripture, but through a very committed Christian, Paul, that was there suffering with them, being uh, salt and lightened on that situation to bless everybody on that situation. And in the end, they could experience the grace and the mercy of the Lord their lives in all that story i don't know you but when we look to god and we see what Luke is showing from the character of god in 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 this part of the scripture it's really uh move us to perceive that we have a lord a, a graceful a merciful lord that is here to bless us to guide us what you what are you passing through what's your struggles what's your challenges today are you thinking that the Lord is away? way? Are you thinking that, oh, Lord, why you don't show us the way? Why, Lord, you don't lead us to, to, to your way? And when we look at the stories, we will perceive that God was always there. God was always there showing the way, leading the way. And we as Christians, we as people of God should be also uh, be aware